Today's daf Mesechah site is daf Mem Hey. We are beginning towards the top of Mem Hey Aleph. About eight lines from the top at Masnis and Zalek ben Yaakov. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. The first is going to be the opinion of Rebbe ben Yaakov who disagrees with Rebbe Yehud and Rebbe Shimon that we had yesterday. The second is going to be the uh, general discussion of the Machlokas Rabbi Huda and the Rabbanan regarding Tamun. And we'll see that, how that affects halachas of Shikha as well as of Egla Arufa. And that will bring us to Memheim with Beis, where we'll also talk about the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, who seems to disagree with the base, basic understanding of when you do Egla Arufa. And then the third section is going to be the new Mishnah. It deals with various halachas regarding Egla Arufa uh, in terms of the measurements, uh, where we measure from and then the clarification of that in the Gemara. So let's begin. Yesterday we had a machlekes. How many zikenim were required for the measurement? Rabbi Yehuda said five, and Rabbi Shimon said three, and we explained how they learned that yesterday from zikenecha and shoftecha. Says the Gemara here, masnisin, towards the top of Hamad al, masnisin the lake of the Ezben Yaakov, our mission is not like of the Ezben Yaakov, the tenor of the Ezben Yaakov, because the Ezben Yaakov says, Zikinecha zu Sanhedrin, Zikinecha refers to the Sanhedrin, Shaftecha, and Shaftecha is a Melech the Kayin Gadol. Is that included in the people that have to be involved in this process? Is the Melech and the Kayin Gadol? Clearly, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon don't hold like that. He holds these extra people need to join, and therefore he's not like those Shitas. So the Gemara says, well, how do you know if Shaftecha refers to Melech and Kayin Gadol? So Melech, because in Mishle the Pasuk says, Melech ba Mishpat Yamid it's Melech through justice will establish the land. So we see he's called Shaftecha. It says, you will come to the Kohen and the Levim that will be in those, and to the Shoifet that will be in those days, which means the Shoifet that's on top of the Kohen and the Levim, meaning referring to the Kohen Gadol. So you see that both are referred to as Shoiftecha. Clearly, Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov holds there were people additionally involved that the Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi didn't agree with. Ibail, who asks the Gemara, so now how much does Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov argue? Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov, does Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov only argue? Regarding Melech and Kohen Gadol, they have to be part of this process. Avil b'Sanhedri, but regarding the number of the Sanhedrin that have to join this this measurement is Ikar Yehuda. Either they hold five like Rabbi Yehuda, Ikar Rabbi Shimon Svirle, or like three like Rabbi Shimon. Oidilmar perhaps b'Sanhedrin Nami Palig. Maybe the, he also argues regarding the Sanhedrin. Adi Kikula Sanhedrin. He needed an entire seventy-one person Sanhedrin Agol in Rishalayim to participate in this measurement. So that's the Shaila. Amr Rav Yosef Tashma. Let's bring a Raya. It's from the Gemara Sanhedrin. It says, Mots and Zakin Mamre, and Allah is like this. A Zakin Mamre is somebody who paskins halacha in his city a certain way. Now he's summoned, Sarashi explains over here. He's summoned to the Sanhedrin Agadal in Rishalayim, and they say, That's not the Psak halacha. If he goes back to his city now and he continues to paskin that way, he's going to be Chayav Misa. So the halacha is, he has to be summoned and told straight by the Sanhedrin Agadol in Yerushalayim, it's in the Lishka Sagazis, in their place. However, says the, says the Gemara in Sanhedrin, um, Tashma Matzan Zakin Mamre Abepagi, if he was found by the Bepagi, Rashi says, if the Sanhedrin found him, Bepagi, Rashi Yerushalayim, the um, outer area of Yerushalayim is called Bepagi. It's an extension of the area of Yerushalayim. So if they found him there, means the Sanhedrin found him there by Bepagi, 
not in the Sanhedrin itself, in Lishkas Hagazis, but outside of the extension of Yerushalayim, and he rebelled against them. means they told him you're wrong, and they went back to his city and paskined against them. So you might think that that type of a rebellion would make him already chayiv me. No, so therefore it says in the parsha of the Zakin Mamre, it has to be that you go to the place and you paskin after that. It means you go to the that makam where the Sanhedrin is, which is in the Lishkas Hagazis, it's the place that the Sanhedrin are in. If he, after hearing from them there, he paskins against them still, the halacha would be of Misa, but not if they're outside, and that's where they tell him he's paskining wrong. So the Gemara now wonders, that's the Brisa, but the Gemara says, how many people from the Sanhedrin did he interact with by Beipagi, and despite them telling him he's wrong, he's not going to be Chayef Misa. If a few of the Sanhedrin went out and they saw him there and they put him straight, of course he's not going to be Chayef Misa. There's no Chiddush in saying he's not Chayef Misa, because maybe the ones that are still in the Lishka Sagazas agreed with him, and you can't make him liable if, if maybe that's not even the halacha, meaning maybe the ones that are still there would agree, and he's not even in the wrong. It must be that all 71 came outside to Beipagi, met him outside, and they told him you're wrong, and despite that he's going to be exempt when he goes and paskins against them, because they didn't set him straight in the Lishkas Hagazis. So the Gemara says, Ulamai, but what, what reason would there have been that the entire Sanhedrin was outside of <coughs> the Lishkas Hagazis? The Gemara says like this, Elad Varishos, if it was just for something voluntary, it means they all stam went out for no specific reason. Mimatsi Nafki, were they are they even allowed to go out for such a thing? But the Pasuk tells us in Shirashirim, Shirareh Aganasar Hasar, it says, Your navel is like a moon shaped basin. Al Yechsar Hamazik, don't diminish from diluting. Now what is that referring to? That means that the way we're going to interpret the Pasuk in Shirashirim is your navel, which refers to the Sanhedrin Agadol, is like a moon-shaped basin because they were they were situated in a moon-like way. Al-Yechser Amazig is that you can't diminish like a mazig. Rashi explains over here is that when they dilute, diluted wine, it used to be two-thirds water and one-third uh, one portion wine. Similarly, that if some of the Sanhedrin had to leave, so if some had to leave and there was a third of the Sanhedrin left, meaning that there were 23 people left, which is the size of a Sanhedrin, so then they would be allowed to leave. If not, they weren't allowed to leave. But the point is, what do you see? You see that they're not allowed to just stam go out for no reason. So it must be there was a real reason why the Sanhedrin were out, assuming that all 71 left. Elapshita, it has to be Ledvar Mitzvah, that they went out for some sort of a Dvar Mitzvah. Salmai. Lavla Medinas Egla isn't it referring to measurement of an Egla Rufa. Now, obviously, this is not Rebutor Mishimin because you only need three or five. So, for Rebbe Yaakov, you see you need all 71. Beautiful Raya. Amr Abai. Abai says, Rebbe Yosef, your Raya is not a good Raya because there's another reason that they go out for a mitzvah, which is to add on to the city and the Azaros to sanctify surrounding area to be part of that. Kiditanan, as it teaches in a Mishnah, to do that. That purpose, you need 71 Sanhedrin. So the Gemara says, therefore, you don't have a raya necessarily that there were 71 brought for the Hegla Rufa, because it could be they were brought out for a different purpose to add on to the Azaras and the uh, 
and the uh, ear. So the Gemara says now, however, Tanik of Asid Rav Yosef, there's a Bryce that supports Rav Yosef that actually Rav Lezmi Yaakov holds, you need all 71. As the Bryce says, Matzan Abes Pagi, if they found this Zakin Mamre by Abes Pagi, and he rebelled against them, Kegain says the Bryce, that they went out to measure the Egla, so to add on to the city and the Azaros, and you might think that's considered an act of rebellion still in it teaches us that it has to be specifically that they told him off in the Lishkas Hagazis. But what's the point? You see that this Brisa clearly learns that the reason to go out with 71 would be Medida Egla. Medida Egla as well would be a good reason for that. And that's why you see Rabbi Lesbian Yaakov would be a supporter of Yosef Holds. Rabbi Lesbian Yaakov Holds, you need 71 for that, unlike Rabbi Yudhar Mishimin. Let's move on to the second section. We said in the Mishnah that if you found <coughs> the corpse, uh, hidden in a pile of stones or dirt, or was hanging in a tree, so the, they would not do the Egla Rufa procedure. And we excluded Tamun that if it's buried, he wouldn't do the Egla Rufa procedure from the word Ba'adama. It has to be on the earth. Now we're about to show there's a Machlaikas Rebuter Rabbanan regarding Shikha, which is forgotten grain that goes to the Aniyim, if that's considered forgotten when it's covered by something. And Rabbi Yehuda's drasha is seemingly going to be very much like our Mishnah regarding when you wouldn't do Egla Arufa. So we're going to try to say that our Mishnah follows the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Let us suggest that our Mishnah is like Rabbi Yehuda and not the Rabbanan. Because the Brisa teaches when it comes to it says you've forgotten and Oymer sheaths in the field. Sheaves in the field of grain. So prat letamun de rabbi just says that excludes if you forgot them but they were covered by something, that wouldn't be considered shikha and it wouldn't have to go to the aniyam. The opposite. Basad actually includes tamun. Even if it's covered, it would be considered shikha. So l'chayra, our mission that says when something is covered, it's excluded from adama, there's no process of egla rufa, fits like rabbi Yehuda and not like the rabbanan. So I'm rab, rab, rab answers no. The mission could even be like the rabbanan and tamun would wouldn't be considered Nogeat Egla Rufa, but it would be considered Shikha. Regarding Egla Rufa, it's based on the Psukim <coughs> that uh, Tamun would be excluded from the procedure, but thereby Shikha, it's included based on the context of the Pasuk. Now the Bach adds in the words, Egla Arufa. So the Gemara is saying that L'chayra, our Mishnah, would come out like Rabbi Yehuda and not like the Rabbanan, because Rabbi Yehuda seems to hold, regarding Shikha, the Pasuk that says Basada, V'shachakta Oimer Basada, excludes Tamun, that if you forget a sheath of uh, grains in the field, it wouldn't be considered Shikha, so it's the same drash as here. Adama, that it says, by Egla Rufa, means there would no, be no procedure of Egla Rufa if a body was buried. Similarly, there would be the same idea by Shikha. The Rabbanan who say it includes Tamun, that even where you've had uh, grains that are buried, it would be considered shikha or covered, it would be considered shikha, would not concede with our Mishnahs. Amarav, Rav says, Afilotim Rabbanon, you can even say that our Mishnah conforms with the Rabbanon. Because really the Rabbanon would concede with our Mishnah's psak. When it comes to Egla Arufa, covered would make it not an issue of Egla Arufa. But over there, there's a difference depending on the context of the Psukim. Bach adds in over here, regarding Egla Arufa, based on the context, they're going to agree that you'd exclude Tamun. Because the Pasuk says, 
when you find chalol. So first it says when you find a chalol, which implies heis hecha de mishtakach, wherever it's found. Meaning even if it was considered covered, it would still be chayev to have the eglarufa procedure. But then the Pasik says ba'adama, that's an exclusionary term, because once you include everything, obviously that's excluding. Once the Rabbana would say we agree, that would exclude that if a body was covered, it wouldn't be liable to the eglarufa procedure. Similarly, regarding shikha, the opposite, because the psukim have the opposite implication based on context. Because it says, It says, When you harvest in your fields, and you forget Oimer. So it puts Ktsircha Basadecha and then Vishakta Oimer. So we make a comparison. Shikha Dumya de Kitsir. We compare Shikha, the forgotten bit business, Dumya de Kitsir like the harvest. Ma Kitsir Begaloi. Just as when we're talking about the harvest, it's what's revealed. And generally when you harvest, it's not stuff that's covered. Af Shikha Begaloi, so too when we talk about the parts that would be liable to Shikha is only that which is revealed. Meaning the initial Pasak implies if it would be covered, it wouldn't be liable to Shikha. But then when the Pasuk writes after Basade, the word Basade is Larabas is Atamun. It's not an exclusion. We've already excluded something that's Tamun. It must be. It's an inclusion to teach us, say the Rabbanan, that Tamun would be included in the concept of Shikha. So the Gemara says now to Rabbi Yehuda, but the Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Yehuda, why do you need the Pasuk of Basade to teach me that there wouldn't be? Uh, har, uh, uh, concept of shikha when it comes to uh, tamun because you have the word basada l'chayri should be able to learn shikha dumi tekitsir that's already sufficient to teach me that if it's covered it wouldn't be liable to shikha so enachinami the says that's so ve'ele basada lamali so now how does Rabbi Yehuda then explain the word basada answers the Gemara miboy le for a different drasha l'rabais shikhas kama it's to include even if you have standing grain, it hasn't been detached yet, that's what Basada teaches us. As long as it's in the field, it's still attached to the field, it's still liable to Sheikh asks the Gemara of Rabbanan, Sheikh has come in Allah. How did the Rabbanan know if it's still attached, it still could be considered Sheikh? Answers the Gemara, Nafkalahumi, Kisikzer, Kitsircha, Basadecha. So there's a different Pasuk that says, when you harvest, you're harvesting Basadecha, Bachadzen, Vishachachta, in your field, and you forget. So what does that teach us? Even if it's still in your field and it's attached, it's still considered shikha. The Rabbanans say this is the mikar. Even if it's attached, it's still considered shikha. And now back to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda, mi boi lei, lechid Rabbi Avo, amar v'lazer. Rabbi Yehuda requires that pasuk of basadecha v'shachachta for the drush of Rabbi Avo, amar v'lazer. Amar v'lavo, amar v'lazer. What does that pasuk teach us? Basadecha v'shachachta. Prat l'shetzafu, oimrin l'saych, that the Pasuk by saying it's only when you forget grain in your own field but if your grain fell into your friend's field it fell into your friend's field and then you forgot it there because it was in his field that's not considered shikha Rabbana, the Rabbana respond they say back because it says in that same Pasuk it could have said just it teaches us that it has to be in your field for it to constitute Sheikha not if it's in your friend's field Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold there's an extra drasha from that Yud the and therefore he doesn't need to answer what that's used for okay moving on now boy Rabbi Yirmi Rabbi asked the following Shailah what is the Halacha if your grains are floating in your field. Now, what do you mean it's floating in your own field? Rashi explains either they were on a stone or on a pillar or one grain was on top of another. So it's not actually on the ground in your field. It's on something else. Would that constitute shikha? 
So the Gemara's Shail is like this. Avir sadeh kesadadami. The airspace of your field is like your field and that is shikha. Oilav kesadadami. Or is that not considered like your field and therefore it wouldn't constitute shikha? So the Gemara tries to bring the first raya. Amr le Ravkana le Ravpapi. Va'amri la Ravkana le Ravzvid. Hepshut le midrabi yavo Amr belazar. Let's resolve it from the maimer we just brought above from Rabbi Yavo Amr belazar. The Amr, because he said, Sadcha vishachachta excludes. Prat l'shat safu. That the exclusionary term of Sadcha Vishachachta teaches us it has to be in your field, but it excludes that if it floats into your friend's field, it wouldn't be considered Shikha. So the implication is the word Safu implies that it's in your friend's field and it floated in. De chaveroi in, it's because it's floating in your friend's field, but specifically it says floating, which is mashma, l'sayich sadeyu lai. But that's implying that if it was floating in your own field, it would be considered shikha and it wouldn't be excluded, and it would be considered shikha, so we would resolve the shayla. So the Gemara says, but you're taking tzafu literally, l'tamech, the way you're reading it, so then you should also say like this, l'sayich stei chaveroi, tzafu in, even in his friend, your friend's field, it's only not shikha if it's floating in his field on top of something else, munach and lai, but if it's actually on the ground in his field that is considered sheikha, that doesn't make any sense because in basadecha needs to be the pashup shot, which is it has to be in your field and not in his field, veleka. And that's not fulfilled. Ella must be It must be the way we interpret that memra is to be said in your friend's field, even if it's placed on the ground in your friend's field, that's excluded from sadecha and that's not considered sheikha. The haidek amar tzafu, the only reason that the memra said tzafu because in general, how would it end up in his field? It flew in, it blew into his field, and it's on something else, but therefore you have no implication to be to, to be medayik uh, to, to the scenario where it's floating in your field that it would be considered sheikha. So the Gemara brings a second raya, tashma. Let's bring another raya to the shayla if it's floating on top of something else in your field, if it's considered sheikha or not. So the, this is a tosefta in pay. It says, The tosefta says, if a person took a uh, a bunch of grain, sheath of grain, sheaves of grain to bring to the city, let's say to sell, for example, and he put them on top of another bunch of grain. And he forgot both bundles. So the bottom ones will be shikha. This is the Tanakhama's opinion. And the top part is not going to be shikha. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, I'm Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says the name of Rabbi Shimon. Shnei men on shikha, they're both not considered shikha. Hatachta, and says Rabbi Shimon, Hatachta, and says tamun. The bottom part is not shikha because it's considered tamun, and that's excluded from the halacha of shikha, it's considered buried. Vahaelia, and the top one is Bishim Tzav, because it's considered uh, floating, it's not on the ground, and therefore that's not considered sheikha either. Says the Gemara now, what do you see from this Tosef? There is a debate between Tanakama and Rabbi Shimon about the bottom one. According to the Tanakama, the bottom one's shikha. According to Rabbi Shimon, the bottom one's not because that's considered tamun. Aval be'elion, but regarding the top one, divri hako everybody would agree it's not considered shikha. So you see what the halacha is that you see from this is that where it's on top of something else in your field, it's not considered shikha. Um, that's excluded from the Pasuk. So the Gemara says, Shani, Hasam, that's different over there. The reason the top one's not considered Shekhla, Devri HaKol, Kivan Da'achzik Be'i, you took it to do something with it. means you wanted to use it for something. So Zacha you already merited in it. There, if it's on top of something else, it's not considered Shekhla. But if it's Tam and you're feeling on top of something else, maybe it would be considered Shekhla. So the Gemara says, Yehachi, if that's true, Ma'ay Yagabi Chaveroi. So why does it have to be that it's on top of something else? Afilo Besadanami, even if it was just in your field on top of something else, we should say where you took it 
for to, to do something with, even if it's not on top of another sheath of grain, we should say that the halacha should be, even if it's in your field and you took it to do something with it, it's not on top of something necessarily, it should still be considered not sheikha. Really the Brayza could have used that case. The Tosefta could have said, you took it to use it for something and it's in your field. Once you took it to use it, it wouldn't constitute sheikha. The only reason it wrote al-gabi chaveroi, mishum tachtoin, to teach us the Chiddush of Tachtoin is that there's a Machlaikis regarding the bottom one. Um, it, it, this point regar- is that there's a Machlaikis regarding the bottom one if it's considered Tamun or not. Asks the Gemara, But in the Brisa itself, Rabbi Shimon's words were the reason the top one is not considered Shikha is because it's Tzaf. How do you read into those words that it's not considered Shikha because it's Tzaf? The reason it's not Shikha really is because you took it to. To use for something. So the Gemara answers, Okay, we could interpret Rabbi Shimon's words is that it's not Sheikha because it's like Tzaf. Why is it like Tzaf, which is not considered Sheikha? Because you took it to utilize for some purpose. Alright, so the Gemara leaves this Shaila unresolved, where it's floating on top of something else in your field. Is it con- considered Sheikha or not? Okay, Amr Abai, the Gemara moves on now. Abai says, I'm like Ben Azai in the Marketplace of Tiveria. Rashi explains this was an expression that he would use. Benazai was a tremendous Torah scholar and he could answer all the questions. So when, Benaz- when Abayi was feeling very clear-minded, he wanted people to ask him questions so that he could answer them, he used this expression. So Amr Le'ahumer Abanan Midrabanan Labai. One of the rabbis came to Abayi and he posed the following Shiloh. Shnei Chalolim Zal If you have two corpses, one on top of each other, one on top of another. So now we're getting back to Egla Rufa Sugya. Now where would you measure from? Apparently there was one Egla Rufa brought, but there's two bodies, one on top of the other. One of the bodies is closer to one city, and the other is closer to the second. Min Biminos, there's three options how you can calculate this. Min Biminoi Havi Tamun. Number one, do we say one the same type on top of another is considered Tamun? But one on top of the other, the same body on top of the other, another body is not considered floating. So therefore, the exclusion would be the bottom one would be considered tamun, even though it's min biminoi, and therefore you wouldn't measure from the bottom. But min biminoi would not be an exclusion of tzaf. It's as if it's on the ground. And my alien motor, you measure from the top one. Option number one. Option number two. Or perhaps, the opposite. Maybe it's considered tzaf even though it's on another of the same type. But being on the bottom of min bimina is not considered tamun. And therefore, you measure from the bottom one as the top one is excluded because it's considered tzaf, but the bottom one's not considered tamun. Option number three, is that the same type, body on a body, is considered both tamun and saf, and the lemi tachtan might have elyon might measure from either because it's not an egla rufa procedure. So Amar Le'abayah said back, turning to Memhamud Bey's, Tanisua. So we taught this earlier, we had that Tosefta we quoted, um, the Tosefta we quoted above. And the Tosefta said as follows, If he took a sheath of grain to bring to the city, he put one on top of another, and he forgot them. So the Tanakhama said the top, the bottom one is considered Sheikha, and the top one is not considered Sheikha. Rabbi Shimon ben Yudayim, Rabbi Shimon, Shneim inan Sheikha, so Rabbi Shimon says they're both not Sheikha, the bottom one is because it's not uh, hidden. 
excuse me, the bottom one is not shecha because it's hidden, and the top one's not shecha because it's not because it's floating. That's the end of the Tosefta. So Abai says like this, Savrua, the rabbis in the base medrash assumed. Both of these Tanoim, Rabbi Yudah and Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon, both hold like Rabbi Yudah, the Amr who holds as we brought in the earlier sugya, Basade Pratlatamun. Now when it comes to Shikha, Basade teaches us that if it's considered covered or buried, it will be excluded and that's not considered Shikha. So the Gemara says, what is the basis of the Machlaikis then regarding the bottom one? Is this not the basis of debate? Meaning, in the end of the day, if it's covered, it's not, not considered shikha because it's tamun, so then why would the Tanakhama say it is considered shikha? Demar savar, it must be Rabbi Shimon holds min b'minai have tamun, that it's the same type, it's grain on top of grain, and therefore that would be considered tamun, and that's why it's excluded from being shikha. Umar savar, but Tanakhama holds, loyave shikha, because the Tanakhama holds min b'minai is not considered tamun. And since it's not considered tamun, it's considered as if it's visible. So it is considered shikha. So then you could resolve the original Shaila says Abaye using this Tosefta. If they both agree with Rabbi Yehuda and they both hold that tamun is excluded when it comes to shikha, the only debate here is since it's covered with its own type, Tanakama says that's not considered tamun. It's considered visible and it is shikha. And Rabbi Shimon says it is, Min Beminoi is considered tamun, so it's not considered shikha. So you could resolve the same thing by, by Egla Rufa. You have two bodies. According to the, the Rabbi Shimon's opinion, min bimino is considered tamun, and you would measure from the top one, not the bottom one. According to the Tanakhama, loyave tamun, you could theoretically measure from the bottom one. Okay. See, Warren says, loy, you can't say that necessarily is the basis of the machlaikis, Tanakhama and Rabbi Shimon, to resolve your shaila. Really, if both opinions held like Rabbi Yehuda. Tikuli Alma, everybody would hold min bimino have tamun. Really, everybody could have theoretically held min bimino is tamun. And if everybody holds a like Rabbi Yehuda, that min b'minoy is tamun. Meaning like this. Really, you could say, if both opinions held a like Rabbi Yehuda, everybody could theoretically agree min b'minoy is tamun. And Tanakama would agree it's not considered shikha. But the point is, they both don't hold the Kreb Yehuda. That is exactly the point of debate. The Rabbanan, Karabbanan, the Rabbanan, in this Brisa hold like the Rabbanan's Shita. Since they hold Min Biminoi is Tamun, and they hold like the Rabbanan's Shita, which is Tamun, is considered Shikha, so therefore they hold that the bottom one is considered. Um, sorry, I said that wrong. What the Gemara is saying is like this if, if they both held like Kreb Yehuda, so then theoretically they would both hold min bimino, they could both hold min bimino as tamun, and then the bottom one would not be considered shikha. They would both agree. But that's not the point. The point is the machlekes is not, not based on the assumption they both hold like Rabbi Yehuda. The point is the machlekes is gufa based on the machlekes, Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanan on the previous Amud. The Rabbanan hold like the Rabbanan, and they say tamun is considered shikha. So therefore, even though it's buried over here, the bottom one is considered shikha. For Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda holds like Rabbi Yehuda, the tamun is not considered shikha, so therefore the bottom one is not considered shikha. So you can't necessarily resolve your shaila that you had above using this machlekes. Because even if they both hold min b'mina is tamun, there is actually a machlaikas if tamun is considered shikha, and that's the contention of their machlaikas as well. Asks the Gemara, But if you're telling me that the machlaikas here is really just contingent on if tamun is considered shikha or not, so then why did it specifically have to be a case where it was grains on top of grains? You could have had covered by other things, offer and sror. The mashmo says it's contingent on min b'minoi. 
So the Gemara says, it could have been that's the case. It's just to emphasize the strength of Rabbi Yehuda's position, which in this b'risa would be the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, to Amra Filu Min Bimino Havi Tamun, who says even Min Bimino would be considered Tamun. Means Rabbi Yehuda, who says Tamun is not considered Shikha, would say even where it's Min Bimino, it's not considered Shikha. Uh, even in that case, it would not be considered Shikha. That's why Rabbi Shimon emphasizes his opinion by grains on top of grains. Okay, let's move on now. Tanur Rabban, it says the rice. Now the Pasuk says, Ki chalal. It says when you find a Chalal. Now the word Chalal has specific implication, dead body, but more than that, it means through a wound. So Chalal of Eloi Chanuk. It has to be that you find the dead body was wounded and not that it was strangled. Chalal of Eloi Mefarfer. It has to be that it's dead and not that you found it in death throes. Ba'adama Ba'adama teaches us it can't be that it's buried in uh, under a pile of stones of some sort. Noifel teaches us that it can't be hanging in a tree. Basada teaches us that it can't be uh, floating on the water. Now, Rabbi Lazar Omer, he disagrees. Rabbi Lazar says that it's much more inclusive, the Pasuk. Rather, in any of these cases, what Rashi says, even if it's in death throes, floating on the water, covered, or hanging in a tree, it would constitute Eglarufa procedure, orphan, as long as it was wounded. In a case that it was wounded, it wasn't Chanuk, that's the only case he, dis- he would agree with, that wouldn't be considered Eglarufa necessity. In all these other cases, if it was Chalal, meaning it was wounded, he'd be li- it would be liable to the Eglarufa procedure. Tanya Amr ben Yuda, Bar Yuda, Rabbi Yassi Yuda taught, the Brisa Amrle the Rebbe Lazar the Chacham said to Rebbe Lazar don't you agree that if it was strangled in the garbage she ain't orphan that you wouldn't do eglarufa uh, alma so why would you say that because you say chalal excludes chanuk it has to be a wound and not that it was strangled hachanami so shlachari should say the same drushes of ba'adama adama excludes v'lay tamun begal it has to be on the ground and not covered by a pile of of stones of sort noifel v'lay tali be'ilan and noifel would be also excluding hanging in a tree. Vesada v'leisaf al pnei amayim, and Vesada should also exclude floating in the water. So why don't you agree to those miyutim as well? Where so answers Rebelezer chal yaserik sev Rashi explains Rebelezer holds there's more times that it says chal in the parsha, so therefore it excludes. Chal uh, teaches us that the chal is dafka and not chanuk, not where it's choked. But the other exclusion he doesn't agree with. We said in the mission, if you found the dead body near the border or a city that's mostly goyim, so the pasuk the, the mission told us in such a case. You wouldn't uh, have this egla rufa procedure. Why is that? Because it says ki yimatze. Yimatze means that it's found, meaning it doesn't usually happen like this. Pratle matzoi, which excludes if it's matzoi, if this is a constant occurrence, so then you wouldn't do the egla rufa procedure. Rashi explains, near the sfar it's dangerous, the border, and an ear that's rov of de kochavim is also dangerous, therefore you wouldn't do egla rufa because that's matzoi. Ayle ir sheyesh babezin, the Mishnah said if it was near a city that had a bezdin, uh, that didn't have a based in, so you wouldn't do the Eglarufa procedure, because it has to be Ziknea ear, that there's a city with Ziknea ear, Vileka, and you don't have that in this case, so therefore it wouldn't be uh, liable to Eglarufa. Now the Mishnah finished off, in mited in El ear Shayeshba based in. You only measure to a city that had a Beisdin. So where's this Peshitta? That's obvious. Kivan Detana, once you already taught Le'ir She'ein Ba'Beisdin, you don't measure to a city that doesn't have a Beisdin. I know De'ein Maidin Le'ir She'eish Ba'Beisdin, that you'd only measure nearest to a city that has a Beisdin. So the Gemara answer is no. There's a Chiddush here. Hakamash Malan, what the Mishnah is teaching us with this last line is an important point. Gedetanya, as the Brayse taught, Minayin She'im Nimsa Samuch Le'ir She'ein Ba'Beisdin. 
How do we know if there's a dead body, it's nearest the city that doesn't have a base din, but it's a little bit farther from a city that does? You'll, you'll disregard the city that's closer, and you'll still do the procedure, but to the city that's farther, which has a base din. Therefore, the Pazik says, It could have just said, now she says, it could have just said, um, it could have just said, it said again, is an extra emphasis. Why is it emphasizing that? That sometimes there's a scenario you actually measure to the farther city with, that has the Kanim, uh, even though there's a closer city that doesn't, and then you would do the Egla Rufa procedure. So that's the last line of the Mishnah. It's emphasizing you'll measure to the city that has a based in, even if that's the farther city, and not to the city that's closer that doesn't have one. Okay, moving on now to the third section, the fourth section of the day here, which is the third actually. Nimsa, the, the, the Mishnah now tells us different halachas regarding the measurements. It says the Mishnah, Nimsa Mechuven Meishteh if you find the dead body equally distance from two different cities. The Ezra says each one would bring an Egla Rufa. Continues the Mishnah. If Yerushalayim will not bring an Egla Rufa. Continues the Mishnah. If you find the head in one place, the body in another. So you have a Machlaikis. The Ezra says you bring the head to the body. Now we'll see in the Gemara what this is important for. But Rabbi Akiva, he argues, you bring the body to the head. We'll see what the, what the basis and understanding of the point of this machlaikis is. Final point of the Mishnah, may I and how you might it, and where would they measure from? Means when you have a normal dead body, where would they measure from to, to, to determine the closer city? Rabbi Yezer, I mean, which part of the body? Rabbi Yezer says, from its navel, from its nose, from the place that it became a corpse, as we'll see in the Gemara, the Gemara is going to explain, generally we talk about dead bodies, it's from the neck, that's where it became a chal. the Gemara, my time is Rabbi Yezer, what is the reasoning of Rabbi Yezer? Why does he say, that there could be two Egla Rufas if it's exactly equal between two cities. So the Gemara answers, Kasavar, Abeliezer holds, F. First of all, he holds, it's possible in Halacha to have a perfect measurement, and in this case, therefore, it could be a perfect measurement between two cities. See, if it didn't hold after Litzam, same, so what would end up happening is it has to be it's closer to one. It creates a suffix. They would each pay to have one Egla Rufa brought. If you hold after Litzam, same, so then each one would be liable on its own to bring an Egla Rufa. And two, he also holds Vikroiva Vafilo Kroivas. Even though the Puzzle says, which is Kroivel Achal, closest, he learns it's even where it's two of them closest. And Rashi explains, because there's places we find where it talks Lashon Yachah, but it means Lashon Rabim, so each would bring an Egla Rufa. Mishnah said, Ve'en Yerushalayim me Egla Rufa, Yerushalayim does not bring an Egla Rufa. The Amar Krak, as the Pasuk says, it's only where there's cities that were given to you as Larishta, as inheritance. Because of our, Yerushalayim le'en eschak le'shvatim, Yerushalayim wasn't given over to the Shvatim, so it's not liable to this procedure. Continues the Gemara. The Mishnah told us, Nimtza Rosho, Bimakomechad. We said there's a Machlaikis, Rabbi Ezer and Rabbi Akiva. If the head is in one place and the body is in the other, which one you'd bring to the other? So, Bimakomechad, what's the basis of this Machlaikis? If the Machlaikis is, in terms of which part you're going to measure from, so Hamid Katani Sefer, that's the next part of the Mishnah. Mayayin Hayumaydid, and where they measure from. Mechlal Doresh Alab Medidaskin. This is not a Machlaikis about where they would measure from. So, Rabbi Yitzchak says, Bimes Mitzvah Kanemekaimekamiflagi. Rashi explains that there was a takan in the day from the days of Yeshua ben Nun, that if you find a dead body somewhere, it acquires that place for burial. 
The Hachika Amar. So this is the Machlaikis. Everybody agrees that it acquires its place to be buried there when you find a dead body. But says Rabbi Yezer, where you find the body in one place, the head in, head in one place, the body in the other, Rabbi Yezer says you bring the body to the, the head to the body and that's where you bury it. Rabbi Kiva Omer Gufetz body to the head and that's where you bury it. What's the point of debate? Marsav Rabbi Yezer holds Gufetz Nafil that the body fell in its place, Reisha Den Adiv Nafil, and the head rolled farther away, but you know that's where it was killed, but by the body, and that's why that's where you bury it. Umarsav Rabbi Kiva holds Reisha Hecha Den Nafil Nafil, the head where you find it. It's where it fell. Where it fell. I mean, that's where he was actually killed. The body moved forward some more, just while the person was still moving, and it fell out of the place where he was actually killed. So you bring the body to the head. Continues the Mishnah. And the Mishnah said, where do they measure from? We have three opinions. So let's discuss two of them. What is the basis of the Machlekes? Rabbi Kiva says you measure from the nose. Rabbi Eliezer said from the belly button. Marsa, Rabbi Kiva holds Iker Ape. See, it says... Cholol means the dead body, so we say it's where it, it, its life was taken from him. So therefore, Rabbi Akiva says the Iker life of a person is from his face, from his nose. Umar Savar, the Ezer holds, Iker Chiyusa the main source of life is from the navel. And therefore, that's where you would measure from. Le'em Akiyani Tanois, the Gemara says, let's say that's the same Machlaikis elsewhere. Me'echan Vlad Noitzer, it's very interesting Machlaikis, in Mitzias. Where does a child, a fetus in the mother, begin to develop from? So the first opinion, the Brisa says, Meirosho. He develops from his head first, and then the rest of the body develops. Fecheno Omer, like we find, the Pasuk says, until him, Ayan Aleph, it says, Mim atagoizi. David HaMelech says, From inside my mother, you plucked me. And we find the word gozi, Omer, Gozi Nizreich, it says, uh, cut off your hair and throw it away. So we find that this gazi is a reference to the head. That's where you begin to develop. Abishol says, me tibura. I know that you begin to develop from the middle, from the navel. And then it sends out the body sends out roots in both directions and develops outwards. So the Gemara says, L'chaira, it would come out that this machleik is where the child develops from, is the same machleik, is where you measure from, because that's the main source of life of the person. So the Gemara says, no, abashol. it could even be that Abishol holds a Rabbi Yekivu, says you measure from the nose. Rabbi Abishol only says, in terms of the creation of the fetus in the body, it develops from the navel, because when the child develops, it's formed from the middle, and then it shoots out on both sides. But in terms of the Iker source of life, where the neshama is, everybody agrees that it's in the nose, that's where you would measure for the Egla Rufa. That's what, it's talking about the face, as the Pasuk says, it says in Bereshis, when it talks about uh, people, it says, anything that has the spirit of life in its nose, so you see that's where we consider the source of life or the basis of life, and that's why Abishol would concede to Rabbi Akiva you measure from the nose. Final opinion in our mission was Rabbi Yezabin Yaakov, that you measure from the place that it became a chal, which is from its neck. My time is Rabbi Yezabin Yaakov, what's his reason? As the Pasuk says, it says, to place you like the necks of the corpses of the Rishoim. So you see there's an association between the necks and Chalolim. That's why you'd measure from there Egla Rufa as well. We're stopping at the Mishnah, the bottom of Memheim with Bez. As Hashem, we will pick up tomorrow with Daf Memvav. Everybody have a wonderful day.